G'day, friends, and welcome to another thrilling installment of the Advanced Analytics NBA podcast. My name is Guy Williams. I'm joined by my brother, Paul Williams. Hi, guys. And I'm joined... <laughs> Still got that oh. personality going from last week, I see. No, it's really I good. I don't think that's... Like, so I've been for two weeks, 13 days I've been waiting to see Excited Paul again, my favourite ever character. But I feel like that wasn't... You didn't quite nail it. Or is this a new character? Like just it's, like Pleasant Paul. This is Pleasant Paul, yeah. Yeah, so I love it. Slightly, it's a slightly different character. Similar vibe, slightly different. I've kind of lost it now. I've just gone. But do you think? Um, do you think because you've reduced the inti- the intensity, you'll be able to maintain it for the full one hour? Like last week, you sort of you sort of capped out around forty five minutes. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Pleasant Paul is going to be here for the full the full hour. Until okay, well, we I'm, s- excited. I'm excited, JT, checking in. Yeah, that's JT, the third voice. It's time for a little bit of vague NBA chat. It's time for Advanced Analytics. Can I start this podcast with a disgusting story that just happened to me? No. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, okay. <laughs> now, if you don't want to hear it, we can edit it out if this is bad, well, right? How, okay, well, how disgusting. Yeah, how uh, disgusting. Because, because all I'm going to say is right at, when you said the word disgusting story, your video went to like a type of pixelated that doesn't even look real to me. It looks like an effect. <laughs> and I'm worried that you're going to reenact something. No, 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 no reenactments. And I'll, like I'll, send, I'll censor the language. Okay. But um, I, I, it'll, it'll, have a, it'll have a what would you do in this situation as well. So I have been trying to get in shape. And I recently went to a class at what's uh, the fitness trend, which will probably die in about two months, but I'm enjoying it at the moment. It's called F45. And I raced down to the class and I was running late. One of the things about S45, it's a very tight schedule uh, and it takes 45 minutes. That's part of the, the sell of the class, right? So I get in there and I use the bathroom. And um, when I go to flush the bathroom, uh, the toilet water starts coming up, Right. And there's a lot of people in the bathroom. It's men and women. It's mixed gender. And I'm freaking out. because I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave the bathroom. And if people know that I clogged it, I didn't clog it. I didn't clog it. It didn't clog it. But I'm the last one in there. So it seems like the last victim there. So what do you do in this situation? Do you just leave and just leave a clogged but toilet? Hang on a like, second. Wh- yeah, but I think you did clog it because the toilet, when you walked in there, there wasn't water all over the ground, right? You walked in there, you didn't notice any water. No, it was completely After normal you flushed, toilet. Yeah. So and then after you flushed, it started leaking everywhere. Yeah. No. No. So no I it think didn't. By process of elimination, you did clog it. No. 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 It didn't. It didn't leak everywhere. This is what happened. I just. I just went um, number ones and a little bit of liquid, and then I pressed flush, and it, it, the bowl half filled, and then it wouldn't drain. So it's just stuck there, just some gross yellow uh, water. All right. So what do I do? You, what do I do? I did, when you said I did a little, when you said you did a little bit of ones, and then you said and and I thought you were saying a little bit of two. Like no, no twos. <laughs> no twos. And I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. This is so gross. But this just happened to me, and I'm traumatized. No, this okay? isn't gross. So what I decided to do, I decided I've just got to unblock this toilet. This, the class starts in three minutes. I've just got to just got to just get in there and just do it right. So I just got my hand and I just submerged it right into the bowl, and I just felt what was clogging it. And I grabbed it. What? (laughs) This isn't real. This This is a hundred. I swear this is real. Why would I make this up? Was it a psychopath? This happened literally an hour ago in Nelson, New Zealand. I put my hand into the bowl. What what would you do, Paul? What would be your solution? 
not put my hand in a toilet. I'm not, anything yeah, I'm not that. sure, but that's yeah, out. anything other than I know what I'm not going to do. And let's put my t- okay. hand entirely inside a toilet. Okay, okay, well, what, okay. So, you, so your solution was just for me to leave a half-clogged toilet and just just get out of there. No, I'm saying that, I, I'm saying there's infinite genu- solutions. Just ruling one out. Yes, I genuinely think if you put your hand in a toilet, you could die from like <laughs> b- like bacteria. I, I graze myself with a small nail that's only been in, in, over in a plastic container in my house, and I went and got a tetanus shot today. I'm not putting my hand in a toilet. <laughs> Well, can I just a bit more context about me? I um I've clogged toilets a lot in the past, and I'm experienced with putting my hand in toilets. I'm sorry, but you guys will deal with this one day, and you need to learn these life skills. I mean, ideally, you'd lose Things the aren't plunger. Up. I think I think you clogged that toilet. I, I promise you, up to me. Why? I promise you, it was not me, and that's why this is so gross. Wouldn't it be good if that when you'd say? Wouldn't it be cool as uh, so you you put your hand in there, and then you're like, "What the hell is this?" And you pull it out, and it's just a wax. 45 number and then you just start hearing this like applause and everyone the door opens and like you're past you're in mate <laughs> yeah that's that's your first challenge so can i just the context is that i've done this a lot you you reach your hand in there's a bunch of toilet paper in there you take it out you put it in the bin <laughs> you wash your hand you move on with your life right that is not what happened in this yes. scenario that's not what happened what happened yeah, was like this is a what this is in real life this is you've done this a lot like how many uh, times is a lot? Uh, at least four or five times. Okay, that's insane. Yeah, well, it gets wor- it, get, it gets worse. It gets worse, Paul. It gets okay. worse. So I put my hand in the toilet and just reach in and feel a bowl of a, a ball of toilet paper, right? And I pull it out, a bowl of toilet paper, and just a a grogan just baked in there that I swear is not mine. I'm just this holding this. Real. This is a hundred. Why would I? <laughs> what did you say? What did you expect was going to happen? Where, okay, a toilet is clogged. What do you think is going to be in the toilet paper? It's going to be shit. No, 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 no. I, I, as I tell there's you. No, I just don't understand what's going on because either you're making up this weird story, which is crazy, <laughs> or you're telling a true story, which is crazy. Yeah, I'm I telling you. What's, what's worse? That you've got this obsession with sticking your hands in toilets or you'd want to lie about it. I don't, I don't have an obsession. <laughs> I just have a bad track record. And I could tell you my history, but it's not its not time. I'm In mission, I'm someone who uses too much toilet paper, so this happens to me a lot. But I did not, and I promise, I did not clog this toilet, all right? So what I'm, sta- I'm standing there in the toilet, just over the bowl, with my hand dripping wet, holding wet toilet paper and just a full grogan inside the toilet paper in my hand. That's not mine. And I'm just like, I'll put it in the bin or the sanitary bin. <laughs> There's no bin or sanitary bin. Now... <laughs> What do I do here? Do I walk out into the bathroom and look for a bin? What would you do? Uh, no, well, no, I, I just can't. I'd even, put, I can't fathom. I'd put it in. Situation. I'd put it in the toilet and I'd flush it. No, okay, yeah, yeah then, that's, that's logical. But then it'll just get clogged again. Well, flush else's it. Problem. Flush it without it, and then put it in a different toilet and flush that one. You can't go to a different toilet, mate. There's people out in the toilet. They'll see me holding this. So I just stood there and just broke it up with my hands. No. What about, what about just chuck it up onto like into the roof? <laughs> or chuck it into, chuck it over into another toilet stall. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry that was. I'm sorry that was so. Now I was in a room so, by myself. I'm sorry I shared that story with people. I'm sorry I that was disgusting. One day, I That's think one insane. day you'll be on trial for some crime you didn't commit. 
and you'll be like absolutely gonna go down for this and then you'll be like hang on i've got an idea and you'll come back with a toilet bowl and you'll just be like putting your hand into it it's like <laughs> if the hand don't fit I couldn't have. It wasn't me. Yeah. If the hand don't fit, I, um, you must have quit. Uh, yeah. So sorry for sharing that story. Maybe edit off and put it at the end as like some sort of weird. Nah, bonus keep feature. it in here. But I'm not willing to move past the story just yet. <laughs> Honestly, I've got. I do. I will keep it brief. But I have a few questions for you. No, nah, get in there. Okay. So one of it. So how has does this when this happens to you? Is it usually at like businesses premises? Because if this was my own house, I can see I can see putting my hand down there. But I really, how often on the ratio, like what would it be for private to public? No, it, it, in my in my experience, it's one hundred percent normally motel or hotel bathrooms. Like I travel a lot for my job, and um, often you get like low flush toilets or um, just weird American. I've always been bad. If you've ever used an American bathroom, it's happened to me in America a lot. They use a different type of cistern. New Zealand has quite like a high a high flush frequency, really. Uh, you can tell I'm an expert on this. Um, so it normally always happens at hotels. It never happens in situations like... The, the reason this was so traumatic for me, and I didn't just try the multi-flush system, is because I had no time. Like, it was a race against cl- the clock. And that's why it was so minutes. stressful. And that's why I, I acted so crazy, I think. <laughs> did you make it in time to, to start the class? Yes, I did. I did. After washing my hand for about two minutes, like right up my what? arm, I... um Yeah. Because that was going to be my other question is how, because, you know, when usually when you leave to go wash your hands, I don't know, if I had a dirty hand, I'd be like walking out with my hand in front of me, like as far yeah. away from me as possible. If it was a poo hand, did you well, it do was, like, It wasn't, the hand wasn't that gross, but it obviously wasn't hygienic, as you said. So, but luckily the, the sink was in the room with me. So I got, I didn't have to, I didn't have to, I considered leaving the bathroom when I had the object that was clogging the toilet in my hand. But then um, I never had to actually leave the bathroom because I used the breaking up technique. Anyway, I, I'm feeling gross just talking about this now, so we've got to we've got to move on. But before we move off of F45, <laughs> the um, I just wanted to talk about so the owner of F45, the founder, yeah, is some Australian guy called Gil Adam Gilchrist, I think, not the um, famous cricket cricketer. player. Yeah, no, he's just a different Adam Gilchrist Australian, and he's. Um, he's bought two, he's now the owner of two American rugby union clubs in the, um, American rugby union league. And he's named them the, uh, um, so he rebranded the teams as the Austin Gilgronies <laughs> and the other team is called the Giltinis, maybe the LA Giltinis. And they're named after alcohol drinks he's starting. And he, he, so he hasn't started them yet. So they're named <laughs> after the Gil, Gilgronies and the Giltinis. Okay, two, two drinks that don't exist yet. But, I mean, it's just his version of a martini and a Negroni, right? That's so bad. I cannot yes. believe that. And you can see why F45 works. And shout out to him for um, absolutely nailing it. Like, it's just like a high-intensity short work workout with banging music like it and it, um also very cheap premises it uses all free weights um the most expensive very equipment cheap, it has is a don't... rowing machine what'd you say Paul? and they're skimping on well they're skimping on flushes yeah well that was another context that i didn't really mention was that um uh there's signs on the toilet mentioning that um uh you've got to be really careful with the toilets because they obviously clog often so just one more question on F45. So I'm quite, I didn't, um, 
like it was a massively like a cultural sort of milestone. Oh, not you know, milestone like a couple of years ago. I'm stoked that it's still going. Yeah. And did it seem like packed when you were there? Yeah, it's going well in the provinces. I don't know how long this trend will last, but um, my my only credit, I actually love it and have, have really enjoyed it so far. It's reminded me of um, back when we used to do trainings basketball where you just do like different stations we did kind of a similar thing so I kind of fondly remember that as opposed to when I go to the you don't have to think that's the positive thing of it as opposed to when you go to the gym and you read your piece of paper and you spend 12 hours there trying to figure out what you're supposed to do next and someone's using the equipment um but the uh yeah it's it's very popular but the the but the, the thing that makes me question it as an amateur um person who's mildly interested in health and fitness is that um, it seems dangerous. Like there's only two trainers for like 30 trainees. And I'm just like, there's a, amateurs just show up and just have a crack. And like, I don't know how to do a burpee properly. You know, I'm lucky that I've done work in the past. And so I can do a lunge and various other basics, but like, I can't do a burpee. And like, they, you start doing burpees. And if your technique's wrong on some of these things, or you, you, you load on too much weight, you're going to get hurt. And I'm surprised there's not more injuries, but um, it just happens so fast. No one has time to get injured. It's perfect. Very nice. Well, anyway, we'll cut that off. We'll put that at the end of the podcast as a weird. I, I love that. Backstory. We That's can't. One of the funniest op- things I've ever heard. We can't open with that. It's so disgusting. Um, I think definitely open with it. I vote open. <laughs> Paul, deciding vote. Ju- well, yeah, I, I guess I'll go open. No, t- <laughs> I'm go saying open. put it at the end of the podcast, and if people want to hear it, they can listen to it. For the true fans. I mean, I, I'm easy. But, um, the toilet didn't flush. You got a rush. <laughs> that bit to the top of the podcast. I apologize for that. Let's get into some Basel chat. It's time for the week in review. Week in review. So, JT, you've made a spreadsheet. Um, fantastic work on the administration of the pod, bro. You're doing a, a great job. What's first on your spreadsheet? What's your big NBA talking points this week? Um, okay, so I've got a few talking points, but the problem was some of these talking points were generated after week one that I have totally reversed my position on. So <laughs> after the first few days, I thought, man, it's crazy how bad everyone is at basketball, but now I'm loving these new rules. The anti-foul, mm. like the um, getting rid of all the cheap fouls. I genuinely think it makes a difference. And I think that because I didn't, I couldn't put two and two together. I just thought these games seem so much better. Yeah. But we're really, we're, I totally I agree. agree. We're, we're um, it really became obvious is when we finished the NBA finals and went right into Olympic basketball and Olympic basketball was just so much better in my mind, even though they traditionally have worse FIBA refs and much worse than NBA refs. I know it's hard to imagine, but like NBA refs, even though people complain about them all the time, are generally, in my opinion, the best refs in the world. Um, it was just FIBA basketball is such a better product because they let it flow. And players like Doncic and Kevin Durant still thrived in that system, you know. And uh, so it's a so much better product. And the, yeah, the only rule they haven't quite sorted out yet is just um, intentionally fouling on um, obvious fast break situations, which apparently the rumor I heard was that Chris Paul and uh, Kyle Lowry are on the um, the rules committee and they both pushed because they're like, play, you know, point guards who are classic for doing that old man foul. So they kind of fought to have that in. I, that could be bullshit, but that's what I heard. 
Wait, what foul? Do they fight to heaven? The, it's like, the fast break foul, you know, so you can just oh. you just foul to prevent a fast oh, man. break. It's they got to get rid of that. Yeah. They got to get rid of that. It's but that's funny. Everyone's the other day. I was like, yeah. Yeah, it's super weird because usually the NBA is like, we want more dunks and highlights. Yeah. And like the main time those happen are fast breaks. So for them to have like this weird loophole where you can just shut down a fast break whenever you want. No, well, I think yeah. it was Nate. I think it was Nate Duncan who alluded to the fact that maybe it's um, Lowry and Chris Paul on the players' committee or whatever. And but I did think that was cool that when they do make the rule changes, they do consult with the players. It's not like the NBA just like makes freakish rules and the players just have to adapt. Like it's quite cool how collaborative it is. Um, but yeah, they need the to change. NBA is so cool. Full stop. It's just what happens when you have a strong union. It's so yeah. cool that everything, even when it's something like that, I love it. A hey, nice fidget spinner, by the way, Paul, for the listeners. Paul's got a sick fidget spinner. I'm bringing them back. So, so um, JT, you noticed everyone was bad. Um, should we play a game called um, Are They? Because there's teams that are doing good. I want to play a game called Are They For Real or Are They Not? There's got to be a catchier name than that, eh? I think you've just, I think I came up with a catchier one. Oh, what was your name? Oh, no. Bad teams, bad teams, fake good teams. <laughs> that's not quite, that's not really catchy. Paul, um, you got a catchy one? Hot or not, um, the classic. Yeah, I don't know. I just go like, are they for real? What about this? What about yeah, this? That's better. <laughs> what about what about what about fire or dire? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was actually recently thinking fire's sort of like past it for me. Lingo to me, fire when talking about a team would almost seem like it's a bit like a dumpster fire. Ah, okay. Like, so what about chronic or bubonic? Okay, we'll do that. Chronic or bubonic. Uh, the first yep. team I'm going to flop out there is the Chicago Bulls. Five bubonic. and one. Bubonic. Bubonic. Can can you guys? I don't fully know what bubonic means. Uh, bubonic's like a plague, and chronic. Yeah. I mean, like chronic, like weed. Okay, I'm going <laughs> Chicago Bulls for twenty. Oh, <laughs> shit. So the Bulls. Guy deciding vote. The Bulls, uh, I'm going to say definitely bubonic. Um, but let's just talk it through here because no one expected anything from them. Like, they put together this crazy team of seemingly all very limited um, offensive players and a lot of defensive weaknesses. And somehow, thanks to their bench rotations, they've emerged as like a defensive powerhouse and shocked the world at 5-1. and one. They knocked off the unbeaten... Utah Jazz, who everyone expects to um, get the best record in the league. And um, it is really nice to see, like, the spirited defense and, like, um, silky passes they're throwing out there. Eh? It's, like, quite inspiring. So I'm enjoying it so far, but I feel like it's not going to last. Oh, Bumper season's got something to say. I think you're almost there. Their perimeter defense is better, but I think you'll find that what they found was one of the best six-man six men you can ever find, and that's called strength of schedule. They have yeah. played the Pistons twice, the Knicks and the Hornets. They've like, yeah, they beat the Jazz, but I, I think they're honestly awful. But as you say, what they did was just, it's, it's so comical to me that if you're the Bulls or the Knicks, you've got a guaranteed fan base and guaranteed merch sales. All you have to be, all you have to do is not be utter garbage. And they literally were like, what did the Knicks do? The Knicks just got five people at the same position and then were like a Cinderella story and then bounced out of the playoffs at the first opportunity. And they're just literally doing exactly the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the next. Well, let's go next. Next, then we we um me and JT were bubonic for the Knicks. Paul reckons they're for real. Paul, do you want to um do you want to d- defend the the Bulls there? The Bulls. I just think um, I just think they're quite a lovable team. A lot of lovable guys. I've done a full I like Alex Crusoe for the Lakers. Hated him. Alex Crusoe for the Bulls. Love that guy. <laughs> I love. Th- I said it last week. They've got like, yeah, they got like five assist guys just running around, um, assisting each other. It's crazy. Nick Vucevic, Magic Legend, <laughs> Paul, DeMar we- DeRozan. Whenever I ask you what? to rate a team, it's you always the say that they're, they're lovable. But what does it have to do with them being a good team in the future? Just the vibe. The vibe is good. <laughs> um, I had no faith coming in. I haven't seen them play, but the numbers don't lie. <laughs> I will say that the vibe is amazing, and and there is nothing better than because you know DeRozan is one of my favorite players ever. Him in a Bulls jersey is something so hot, something unbelievably good looking about that. It is. Agreed. Agreed. I, I think it's partly like, do you think it's partly like we got used to him kind of in those red Raptors uniforms? And so him coming back to red is like, it feels right. You know? Nah, I think it's a Jordan thing. Like you're just conditioned to think, like want that image of Jordan, iconic Bulls jersey. Yeah, and the true. fact that he has a mid-range game as well. He just... Something mm. so much more. Impactful. Also, also the Bulls. Of... The Bulls just have one of the best uniforms in the league, and it's a shame that um, Nike has put these like modern flourishes on it because it is such a classic jersey. I wish they wouldn't screw with just like where the cut is on the singlet and the shorts. Sorry to complain, Paul. You get in there. Oh, I wasn't going to say anything good. I was going. I took a photo of a number plate the other day. I meant to send to J, JT. Oh, can I guess uh, what it was? Just don't say. It. I want to guess what it was because I think so, I took a photo. Of wait, the same Paul, one. you no, interrupted me it. to say that you took a photo of a number plate. Well, it was kind of relevant to um to what JT was saying, but okay. I, I really doubt it's the same number. Plate. I, I'm mine sure it's the switch. same one. Hey, just while I'm looking for it, um. One thing that Sophia mentioned, which I wanted you, your guys' opinion on, do you, she thinks that the halftime entertainment has got like real bad, and that some of the people they're still doing the same things like chair stacking, but they're just oh, getting the, like random people to do it. Now the <laughs> chair stacking guy, I hate that guy. Um, the incredible, but he looks distressed. Rock, he look, you know, like oh, the eighty year old guy. He looks like under duress. Yes. yes, no, he does. But I feel like that's always been his vibe. Like he's, he's um. He's a villain, man. He just travels around. Because the first time I, I remember the first time I ever saw him. I'm Why pretty is sure he it was a villain? Golden State War- <laughs> I just Mate, the do some part. digging on him. For, people, like who don't, for people who don't know, this is a guy who's, who stacks up like 20 chairs on top of each Cheers. other at the middle of the court and stands on top of them, right? He climbs up there. No, hear me out. I saw him like years ago. Like maybe like the first time I really noticed him was like maybe like three or four seasons ago at a Golden State Warriors game. And he was wearing a blue and yellow, um, like, 70s acrobat suit thing. And I was like, oh, cool. He got it in the Warriors colorway. Fast forward, like, a week. I'm watching a um, Spurs game. Who who trots out at halftime? <laughs> the same guy. And he's wearing black, white, and silver, same suit. That's Fast wine. forward a month. I'm watching um, the New York Knicks. Suddenly, he comes out at Madison Square Garden. Blue and orange. He just, he's made one suit of all all the colorways there's probably <laughs> a few double ups yeah really like where's a um so I mean, what, what you team... said 
what you see as a villainous a sign of pure villain and uh, pure villain, as I like see common sense. Like I assumed that he was doing this, or else what is he doing for the rest of the six days a week? <laughs> How much can they chair stack him? Anyway, I found the license plate, Paul. No, no, so, okay, just I'm, I'm right just on. just on the suit thing. Um, do you reckon he has a, a different suit for Philadelphia and Washington, like a? A lighter yes, blue what, and a darker blue, or do you think he's he wears the same suit? Nah, to he's both a professional. Those? He's got a different one. He's a real pro. <laughs> yeah, I think he probably does. My question is, like, I guess you get paid to do the halftime show, but yeah. part of me was like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, know. he's not doing that for fun, Paul. He's like eighty-five years old. <laughs> he looks miserable and real stressed. Oh. He's not in good shape. So I went on his Twitter <laughs> the other day, and. There's a great photo we should post. Why does he have a Twitter? Um, what is on his Twitter? Ch- stacking some chairs today. Looking forward to it. No, there's a photo of him. The weirdest photo ever. He's just got a really hateable vibe. Like he's the reverse bulls. There's a photo of him with Bill Russell. And he's like, he's like Bill Russell's holding a water bottle and he's sitting on a seat. And the incredible Vladi or whatever his name is, is like behind him. And he's grabbing Bill Walton by the hand, the, the wrist and like lifting his arm up, I think it was. What are you doing? Wait, that doesn't, Paul, that doesn't sound that bad. He's grabbed Bill Russell's arm and he's lifting it up. It's cool yeah. how they included him in the um, 75th Memorial Air Day, that NBA town, how, he's, how Vlade made that. Is he in that ad? <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Okay, here's the <laughs> license plate. I'll show it to you and I'll describe it. Can you okay. see that? It's a Lexus screen? car and it has a, 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 yeah. a personalized plate so it, on it. At the top, it, in red accent, it says it, it has "I love" and then the emoji for a heart. So it's "I love heart zero twenty three LBJ," and then it says "and the king of LA." Then for some reason, like a alphanumeric sign. So O twenty three LBJ was that the license? That was not a similar vibe. This one I don't think was custom made, and it was a coincidence. But I'm taking it as a sign. So it's a white Kia sort of um, Jeep kind of thing. And uh, the number plate was JJJ230. Whoa. And I took that as Jaron Jackson Jr. next Michael Jordan. That's definitely what it says. (laughs) I don't know what the zero is. Maybe like there's none others like him. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, you get in there. Should we do our next hot or not? Yeah, okay. Oh, that's what I was just going to get into. Um, it's not called Hot or Not. It's called Bubonic or Chronic. The New York Knicks. Chronic. Light it up. Chronic. Paul. Chronic as well for me. No, it, it depends what we mean. Like I'm like, yeah, they're going to dominate the regular season because um, uh, they're in the East and they're, good, they're a good regular season team. But like, do we think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean, probably not, right? Oh, is that what we're gauging on? No, 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 no. Well, well, it's like, just like, are they are they purely fake good, or are they actually sort of good? Yeah, I think they're bubonic. I think they're I think they're fake good, but I, I'll be rooting for them. And I love New York's mental fans, but um, I can't imagine they're actually going to cause any noise. You know, I think yeah, I think they're dangerous. I'm going to say dangerous, and they haven't even got the main guy, Newlands Noel. Paul, it's called years. bubonic or chronic. Also, Nerland's Noel is not the main guy. Um, uh, uh, bubonic or chronic? You're going chronic. Chronic again, yeah. Yeah, I'm chronic on the Knicks. I just okay. when I hear chronic, I think chronic fatigue. To me, it's a bad thing. Well, they will. Well, they will have chronic fatigue after Tibbs for a season with Tibbs. Speaking of chronic, <laughs> geez, 
Tibbs, right? So Tibbs is all about like never be- like he never benches anyone. He looks worse and worse every minute. <laughs> that guy, someone they need to like medically retire him. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think you can. Can you do that with a coach? But he's not. He's not okay. Every story about him and every joke about him now, his personality and his brand is like I don't uh, do anything but focus on basketball. I'm never happy. I'm miserable. I just always just obsessed with basketball. And you're like, this is just a bad joke. It's like the dude seems mentally unwell and also now physically unwell. And he needs some help, but it's not a healthy way to live well, your life, you know? Yesterday, it, it looks horrible. Yesterday, I decided that I, I realized I knew nothing about, like, New Zealand's, like, prime ministers um, prior to Jenny Shipley. And I did some digging, and I was reading about um, Norman Kirk. Yeah. And he he kind of just died in office. Yeah. Why does no one talk about that? He t- he Tom <laughs> Thibodeau'd himself. They, they. Yeah, but I think there was a whole generation of Tom Thibodeaux's, and it was called heart disease. But then, because it was mainly rich white men, they sort of like just sorted it out. And now I've just read somewhere recently that overall heart um, heart attacks are declining, but increasing for under forties. So, like everything in the world, that generation sorted. It's just us that's going to get it now from having like constant stress from the environment imploding. And having no job security. Yeah. That's a depressing thought. Um, Washington Wizards, bubonic or chronic? Absolutely bubonic. I'm with JT on this. I don't trust them. God, I can't I see this. Them. I can't. I can't see their recent results because I um I do, I did a JT and tried to switch from Google, who tracks your data, um, to Duck Duck Go. Um, JT, do you do duck, you use Duck Duck, 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 duck Go duck, as a search engine? No, DuckDuckGo is like famous for tricking people into thinking they're secure and then just selling your data anyway. <laughs> I, I, like, go, I think Go Start Page is, is what, the, what the nerds use. Because JT I use for one people... called, um, yeah. called Ecosia. Is that their pillow company? I just bought it in <laughs> a Ecosia. Nah, there's t- the, I've got an Ecosia pillowcase. No, it's. Um, I've got a pillow companies. pillow. So um, did you get that silk pillowcase? JT. I was going to show out for the pillow. Yeah, e- pe- e- Ecosia, it's also a search engine, for, for and they plant who... trees every time you search. Wow. For, for, for pe- <laughs> it sounds like you made that up. No, um, it's real. For people who don't it's know, real. for people who, they plant, every time you search, they plant a tree. Well, and it's not quite a one-to-one ratio, but. Because <laughs> I've just solved climate change. Okay, but I want to ask JT a nerd question because JT, yeah. I, I, you, you're one of the coolest guys I know. You're cool. You got tattoos. You got a Luka Doncic jersey. You're very cool. However, you're also one of the nerdiest guys I know. We revealed last year that you um, sold your own mechanical keyboards. Before the podcast, you were bragging that you were one of the best solderers we know. Um, you're into the the deep web, the dark web, internet, and you're big on privacy. Like you're the. I tried to get into the Signal messaging app, which is the private one. And um, unfortunately, the only person I know on that is JT. So the only message I do is every about five or six days when I've uh, beaten the encryption passwords, I just write, hey, JT, how's it going? <laughs> and um, receiving this. JT, um, I want to know what your web, web browser is and what your search engine is. Okay. Uh, so on the phone, actually, um, Apple has a new feature where they basically route all your traffic through a VPN. So Safari is perfect Can't wow 
And then on the on the desktop, I'm a I'm a loyal Firefox guy. Who I I use but I don't I just use Google. I don't really care about them knowing what I'm searching for or occasionally start page. Wow. Okay, but they don't just know what you search. They don't just know what you're searching for, right? Though they they track you all the way through all the websites, right? Yeah, but it depends what you, you can get. Various other add-ons that like do a whole lot of fingerprinting, like gives you fake sort of identity stuff. But so, I don't really mind. It's just not so much. The only thing you need need to really worry about, in my opinion, is more like Facebook is quite aggressive with the way they trace track you through the internet. But Google knows everything you do anyway, so. We're all doomed. All hail Google. Google, if you're listening, you're a hell of a company, and I love everything you're doing out there. Um, a few more uh, hots or not. Um, yeah, I, I should ask Paul what his um, search engine and browser is, because I bet it's industry default on computer, industry default on when you log no. on. No, it's Ecosia. No. I'm on Google Chrome, and I'm using Ecosia to plant trees. <laughs> so when I Google... <laughs> to learn about climate change, I'm also <laughs> offsetting climate change. <laughs> Someone to hold me too close. Someone to hurt me too deep. Someone to sit in. The Grizzlies are absolutely chronic. K R O N I C. And I probably it's probably a K on the end of that actually. Yeah, like, the Grizzlies are so cool. Like I think one of the most lovable teams. Jar Morant is the most lovable superstar I think possibly ever. Name me, a cool, name me a cooler player than Jar ja Morant. There's no cooler. Like, there's no cooler player like a nice than him. Version. Yeah, yeah. But um, JT, you've come in too hot. You said he's the coolest superstar. Like ever. You, you, just, you just yeah ever. Okay, so he's cooler Actually, than um. Clyde the Glide Drexler or Def- Walt yeah. Clyde Fraser. Definitely. All those it seems guys like guy, you mainly just like guys with um, Clyde <laughs> in their name. No, I was just trying to name, I was just trying to name players Fraser. who I think are like Clyde Fraser had a receding headline. I find that cool. Bill, Bill Russell's pretty cool. I mean, don't, yeah, don't compare to Dirk Bill Russell. Nowitzki. Oh, oh my God. Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk Nowitzki was very cool. Not. Is that a no, he wasn't. Dirk's like yeah, he the was. most uncool person ever. He got catfished. Did he? Did he? Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, I don't even like to laugh at it. Like, really badly catfished. Are you sure? Like, that, I like that was Wasn't that um, Birdman? <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure it was Dirk. People like Maver- the teams. People from the Mavericks had to intervene. There was like a Birdman got everything. She was a no Birdman got his computer stolen. Birdman got his computer stolen. Um, we've got JT, quickly, quick research why to say this because I need to hear more about this. This is amazing. Birdman got his computers taken away by like the FBI or something because of allegations of impropriety. And then like, they found nothing, which is a pretty horrible thing, I think. So he came back, but you know, like, because he was such a weird guy and so many horrific tattoos, um, everyone was like, yeah, that bird guy, definitely dodgy. And then we all had to walk it back the same way when Dwight had those like allegations against him or whatever. Because, you know, because everyone hates Dwight, so it's, it's not hard to pile on. So, JT, you're saying Dirk Nowitzki, the okay. NBA German legend, so here's got a quote. like gonna... a love triangle, is it? What is it? Uh, no, no, I'm going to quote you here. N- okay, this is from ESPN.com. You ever heard of them? Okay. <laughs> Nowitzki, who turned 31 last week, told Bild, B-I-L-D, German paper, that the first time he had contact with Taylor was on the phone when she allegedly punched in the wrong number as she was trying to call her brother. 
I'm going to quote Dirk now. We talked, texted, and emailed a lot over the next three years, but we never met. It was more of an internet-type flirt. Does that sound like a catfishing or not? It, it does. It definitely sounds like a catfishing. No, nah, but then they did meet. They did meet in person after that. I, I did scan the next sentence. Yeah, so I'd like to retract my earlier statement. But but she did then end up. It was she. Was, I think she was more of a scammer slash fraudster. Yeah, I believe she she may have. Uh, fake the pregnancy at some wow. stage. Wow. So, and it was like full team intervention in the situation. Was this early in his career? When was this? This is bizarre. No, so she was like a known fraudster and she, like known by the police, and she went to jail after they met. Um, oh, so she, yeah, and so then she was like, I, I think she was jailed while she was still dating Dirk. Wow. Yeah, this was like mid, absolute peak, peak career. I had no idea. That's that's fascinating. No, I've, and, heard, um, I've heard a few things about Dirk that makes me think he's like a little bit of a simpleton. Okay. Yeah, a few things. And his relationship with that old German coach is fucking weird as well. <laughs> guy, you mean the, the guy, guy who teaches him shooting? For, yeah, but he taught him to shoot for like two years when he was 15. Let it go. Yeah. You don't know him every... Like, he doesn't need to come to every game. <laughs> yeah. Go home. Go home no, to Frankfurt. It's pretty special that a weird German guy could have an NBA success in the same way that Kenny McFadden in Wellington coached, um, uh, you know, Stephen Adams up. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, Dirk always seemed like a funny and charismatic, like quite a smart and humble dude. He also took a photo, a selfie with me one time. So I, I love that guy. I'm really interested to hear these allegations. I like Dirk. I want so, so your your reason for him being a simpleton, uh, the fact that he he likes his coach from when he was in high school. And he um, once basically got catfished. Yeah, but I think you you really got to read the details of the story. He got duped, and it seems like this. It seems very obvious that this person was a fraudster. Yeah. Do you think though? I mean, if you get lonely though, people do crazy things. Do you think though that people be listening to this podcast right now and go, "Wait a minute, me and my fiance have been together for five years, and I haven't met this lady once," and they just like well, hang up the podcast and get out there and like you know fix their life. No, Hopefully. I would say I would say if it makes you happy, don't force the meeting. I genuinely think with catfishing, I've always had this theory. I think some people actually want are happy alone, but they can't handle the societal pressure of not having a partner. <laughs> and so it's actually catfishing's like worth it to them because then they can be like, oh, I've, they just like every conversation. Yeah, I've actually about this is like then that they, their parents aren't being like, you got to go meet someone. They're like, oh, I'm with someone. Yeah. But actually yeah. they get to live their life. And to be honest, I'm married, but if I wasn't, I think I'd go that route. Wow. This is an it's, allegation. So so you like, go so people go, Guy, how's your relationship going? And I'm going, really well, I'm being um catfished at the moment and I'm loving it. No, you don't admit to the catfishing. <laughs> you just say like, I've got a partner, we've been together three years. Like you don't have to give the detail that you've never met them. But you sort of have to like have some sort of plausible belief in it to make it palatable. So, guy, this um, this this girlfriend you have, um, Natalia from the Ukraine. Um, are we going to meet her? Is she going to come around for for a barbecue or something like that? We're going to see her at any time. Oh, no, no, she's she, in the you, Ukraine. You'd be like, no, her whole family just got in a car crash right before she was meant to join <laughs> in the plane. But right now, but I was also thinking this because I was talking about this the other day, and I was thinking, man, COVID's been incredible for catfishes. Because catfishes have just got like a two-year free pass. Like you could not have think. People are like China did it. No, the catfish community did this. Think about mm. it. Mm. Big catfish. <laughs> um, JT, 
We need to do some more basketball content. Okay. You um you want to do a deep dive on the Lakers' current strategy. Um, you wrote down they pick every old star ever, which is sort of like some old card games where you're so far behind. Um, you think you can go through the back door and come back neutral. Yeah, you know, in card games with points like bridge or whatever, or, like, or whatever, and you can get <laughs> points, you got to get five hundred, but you can get negatives, and sometimes you're like, oh, I'm just going to go so far, maybe I'll reverse it. But all I'll say, all I'll say on this is, I knew Russell Westbrook had gone to the Lakers, and I was like, I, I love Russ's personality, so I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, oh, I'll check on a Lakers game. So it was like the third game of the season, whatever. And do you, are you guys wrestling fans? Yeah. Professional wrestling. Oh, no, no, no. But no. I just, right. I want to I yeah. agree well, with what you're saying. I vaguely understand so, wrestling. So in the Royal Rumble, it's like 40 wrestlers total. And it's like one at a time they run out there. And and, and great, and like real classic Royal Rumbles, they have like old stars come out for guys that are out of the wrestling that come back in a surprise. And before they come out, you hear their, their music, their like theme songs, and you're like, woo, what's happening? If that Lakers game for the first five minutes, I was just like gobsmacked looking around the room at every like old guy from 2003. They're just never ending. <laughs> I was, I was, so it was Carmelo Anthony. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. DeAndre Jordan. And, and then I saw Rondo didn't even make the team. Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. And, and, and what I love about um, basketball and veterans is the whole concept of them. And the reason you get them on your team is because they're like psychologically smart. And so they um, they can absolutely uh, handle ups and downs. They're like level. They, they teach the young fellas how to play. But because their team is only veterans, they've had the opposite effect. They've gone through the back door like JT was referencing. And they when they start losing, they just go toxic like instantly. And I just love seeing Rondo and Carmelo on the same team. It is a dream team of toxic mix. And um, yeah, it's really funny to see that team self-destruct when they do self-destruct because uh it's 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 hilariously bad basketball to watch so i've got a theory that they that there must be some free agent in the mix like in a year's time or two years time and lebron doesn't they know that they can't win so they're just trying to get as many famous people as possible to get tv games like what (laughs) other no one could be this dumb i thought this team was gonna be no lebron lebron and lakers already get all the tv games like even when the lakers are bad they get a lot of tv games so what is the purpose of this team um i'll tell you the purposes they spend all their salary cap on three players right um lebron anthony davis those are good investments and then in the off season they made an insane trade a crazy trade for russell westbrook and partly because they didn't want to play, they don't want to pay any of the young players, Caruso and stuff like that. And their logic was that um, we've got three superstars and we'll just fill out the bench in the same way Golden State's done in the past, in the same way every LeBron James team does. We'll fill out the bench with ring chasers and stuff like that. But unfortunately, the way the market has moved is the, they can't get any young talent. They do have a couple of young players they've got, but like very little young talent. And those young players, ironically, are the ones that are injured. So as a result, they have this nightmare roster of three professional basketballers and about six guys who probably are lucky to be in the NBA or should be waived by now. And um, it's just it's just hilarious to watch. And it, it's just so ironic and so heartbreaking for Lakers fans that, um, that the, the ownership of this billion-dollar sports empire wouldn't just pay a few million dollars in luxury tax like Golden State does to keep Caruso and a few young good players maybe Kuzma or just people who can generate offense to um to be a mildly competitive. 
They've got a guy on their team who looks like Greg from, from Succession. I don't even know his name, and I refuse to learn it. And he just—he honestly, I honestly believe that he was in the wrong. Like that, he was like some aspiring stand-up comedian that was happened to be in the crowd and inadvertently got into the locker room and then was like too nervous to say anything because all he did was like he—I think he actually got ahead a couple of three pointers, but any out stoppage, like anything at all, foul, out of bounds, he would just like beeline to LeBron, like sprint get that first high five in and then just look so pleased with himself. Any other time he looked completely lost. Like he'd never played basketball before. Yeah. Yeah. So Lakers conspiracy theory. um, This is what they do every year. They stack their schedule. They always say, I don't know why this is. I don't know what the Staples Center has on, but maybe the Emmys or are the Emmys coming up or the Grammys or something that will be at the Staples Center. Michael Jackson's got another funeral or something. My point is, is that, um, the Lakers, uh, I heard as a fact, have a heavy road schedule to start. Uh, sorry, heavy home schedule to start. And the last two or three years, when I've watched the Lakers closely, because you know they are a talkable team, they're always kind of a favorite, a lot of money on them. Um, I, I, I'm sure what the NBA schedule makers do is make their first game a really tough game, normally against the Clippers or the defending champions or Golden State, and their second game will also be a tough ask. It'll be against Utah or. Um, Denver, maybe the third game is tough. And then after that, their schedule is a cakewalk. You know, they get Houston, Houston, New Orleans, um, Orlando Magic, Orlando Magic. Uh, sorry, know. boy, I just had to get that in there. Magic Mayhem's coming up. They get a really easy schedule coming up. And my theory is that either they win their first couple of games and then they win out and they look like the best team in the world, which is what they did last year, or what happens this year is they start terribly, but it's fine because they're playing such easy games that their schedule is – because they, they are looking awful out there, but they can just play themselves into it. They're four and three. They're in the sixth spot. They're totally fine. And it's because, again, because of schedule, they've they've won against some shocking teams, you know? So according to Tankathon, the Lakers have the fifth best schedule remaining on strength of schedule. Yeah. The so they'll look good the- whether they're good or not, you know? And the worst remaining, and Paul, I hate to say this, well, but really Orlando today. has the, the strongest schedule remaining. <laughs> I mean, it's good for it's good for um, draft picks. But um, what about uh, Russell Westbrook's iconic comeback game to OKC, <laughs> where he came in with a quadruple double and ejection? Yeah, love it. You, you Do you want to explain what a quadruple double is for a start? Oh well, points, rebounds, assists, turnovers. Yeah. And the ejection. It was such a good game. And the ejection, the ejection as well was because the other team did a dunk, um, only up three, which which was a fine move to do. And Russell just got angry. Eh? Yeah. Paul, as the ultimate Russell Westbrook hater, will be loving that. I think that Russell Westbrook is going to come right. Like for the last five years, everyone has gone like, "What is wrong with that guy? He's not right upstairs." He can't shoot. Guy, stop. I want to stop you before you say one of the worst takes of all time. Russell Westbrook, I love him, but he, you can't come right from not being able to shoot at age like 33. I don't, I, no, no, I don't, yeah, yeah, okay, you've called me out there and I've been exposed. <laughs> However, let me say this. I, I, I don't think he's going to come back in terms of like, he's not going to come back and be like a great player, but he's going to figure out a way to work in their mix. LeBron is shooting really well this year. He's looking good. AD is a known shooter. All right. So, with, with Carmelo in one of the corners and they get another shooter on the court, Westbrook will be actually the only non-shooter on the floor. So that's workable. He also, um, he's good enough on offense to at least help their offense when LeBron's oh. off the floor, which was their big, which is why they got him in the first place. 
But I think my theory is, is that LeBron and AD will be able to trump him and will be able to... No one's been able to do it. KD hasn't been able to do it. Scott Brooks hasn't been able to do it, even though he had him at two teams. Um, Bradley Beal hasn't been able to do it. LeBron will be the first person to be able to just get Russell Westbrook to shoot slightly best shots, worst shots. And even though I feel embarrassed that I picked the Lakers to make the finals, I'm still sticking with that prediction because I do think they will just very slowly throughout the 80 games come right. And the thing you forget about Russell Westbrook is that, I can't say his name, he, Russell Westbrook, he starts badly every year. Every year, you all, everyone writes him off, I write him off, and then after All-Star break, he actually comes right, and, you know, yeah, he can't shoot, but he can do everything else. And I don't think he's a good player, and I don't think the Lakers should have acquired him, but I think it will work out in the long run, and I think they still will be a big threat in the, in the playoffs. What about um, the craziest stat I saw the other day, which shook me, is that Giannis has hit more threes than Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean that was I mean that was one of those stats you see on Reddit that the sample size was like four games or something. But yeah, Giannis is Where, shooting no, threes. No, 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 career. Oh, no, career. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. Um, but I guess Anthony Davis I, I guess is up- AD's first like five years in the league. People centers like it wouldn't have been any expectation. But yeah, Giannis's yeah. first five years in the longer. league though he couldn't even run properly or um, hit the backboard. You know, like um, yeah, but it- yeah. But he'd still be expected to shoot every he couldn't, year. He couldn't run properly. He couldn't. We're in Giannis. <laughs> I feel like that's exclusively what he could do. Nah, nah, no, no, no. So, skill. So, he was um, like slipping around. Like, he was like yeah, his, around. His feet, were, he didn't have the right and size shoes when shoes. he started. But, um, in his Kent's freedom shoes. Um, I, all I took I from shocked. that stat then. Okay, so uh, you've bummed me out badly there again. But I will just say that um, uh, AD, is shoot, he shoots long twos. Like, I forgot about that. But like that kind of explains it like he's money he's a money shooter but and he's known for that three in the finals but he he uh yeah he, he normally shoots long twos mm. um what's next well, well jt's put his hand up but he's not talking oh. Bumble, well because paul wasn't respecting the hand up <laughs> paul respect um, the hand up I, I, I just wanted to ask one question before moving on from the lakers when is Bronny available to be drafted I looked up his age today. He's seventeen. So, so eight next year because there's no. There's, you can go straight from high school now, or no? Can you? Or is it twenty? I think there's still an age limit because um, they, they just started the G League Ignite and these various okay. other weird. Okay, well, I, I don't have time to look this up, but I believe that LeBron is playing us all, and he's he's getting guys that he's looking to the Lakers to have max cap room in three years' time for the Bronny reunion. Yeah, you don't and, need and max. You don't need max cap room to sign a, a draft. No, no, it's like Bronny and good players. Okay, okay, no. Yeah, anyway, that's it. LeBron that's has it. to win. Has to win this year, and Lee GM has. He, I think Lee GM's been pretty good in the past. Like he's put together pretty good teams, and he has such power to invite players along. But in his Cleveland and LA Lakers days, he seems to have made a lot of screw ups, and um, this is the worst Lee GMing we've ever seen. Um, getting his mates. Uh, Carmelo and Rondo, who might come right, but like he's just got no defense at the moment, and it's it's uh, it's uh, funny to watch. Feel like it's that time, right about that time, for the stars to roll on out. The ball. I'm not sit down. The ball. I used to be jealous of Mary Apollo. We're taking every game personal. I'm not oh, wow. <laughs> This is Chumo Kiki, and you're listening to Magic Mayhem with Paul Williams. Pure magic, pure magic.
Mo Bamba season has arrived. Wow. Uh, I think last episode, I think I said he was going to be most improved. And, I mean, if he doesn't get it, something has gone horribly wrong. Um, but I, I last, actually, week you were, last week you were saying most improved is a trash award. And now just that your player who's been no, like failing no, miserably for three years has, has looked okay. You're like, oh, well, I want to get that award. No, I was saying that. I think, didn't I say that I don't like when people say people are making a huge leap when it's just like their playing time's just yeah. really gone. Up. Isn't that true for Mo Bamba? Nah, yeah. but, but Bamba's playing better as well. Yes, but I also, I don't like, a lot of Magic fans are like, he's been a bust, but now he's good. And I say to that, no. I think, again, he just looks, he's always looked like he, his, it's just the way he looks. Looks like he's not really fully engaged, but that's just how he looks. And he actually cares a lot. And he's a high IQ player. Beautiful stroke. One of the biggest wingspans ever. Mo Bamba season has arrived, and I am loving it. it. And there's one thing I know, it's Bamba cares about. You know, and I didn't know that till I started. And this is like maybe a little FU have listened to the podcast, but sometimes you think, you know, why am I listening to this podcast? These guys don't really give me any real analysis. Just ask yourself this. Did I know before listening to Magic Mayhem how much Bamba cared about the team? Because <laughs> Paul spends, spends hours of his week pouring through social media content and has ascertained Bamba's. He's the heart and soul of that team. Is, is, is Mo Bamba the religious fanatic who God hates by punishing him constantly? And no, um, who invite Isaac. who who went to preach at his church and invited all his teammates along, but none of them showed up. That's Jonathan Isaac. Oh, sorry. And also, sorry. I don't really trust that as being um, true news. Um, but <laughs> God uh, doesn't love. I've never met anyone who God hates more than Jonathan Isaac. One thing, the most one religious thing, man in the world. One thing I did uncover, like this is like a couple years ago when we drafted him was this letter from in Newsweek when some Harlem school kids wrote letters to Obama and one of them was from Mo, was from a young fifth grader called Mohammed Bamba. From Bamba con- to Obama? Yes. Was oh, yeah. um, congratulating him on becoming the, the um, United States pr- president. I'm so happy that history was made. Not so, not so many times you wake up with an African-American president. My family, friends, and teachers were so Not happy. so many times. And my principal <laughs> cried. Way to phrase that. <laughs> President Obama, you, you encouraged me and all of America to follow their dreams. We could be anything. You opened a door to everyone. President Obama, may you please try to come up with new ways to help homeless people. I wish wow. you and your family lots wow. and lots of luck. I promise to follow you and Joe Biden's rules. He even predicted the future president, Joe Biden. Thank you for listening to me. We trust you as president, President Obama. I believe, no, I know you'll make a change. Love, Whoa. Mo Bamba. Do you know, Whoa. so actually while we're talking about Mo Bamba, I recently went down a bit of a rabbit hole. That because, was a beautiful, can I say that was a beautiful yeah, letter? Yeah, I'd like to say congratulations to Bamba. And that was, yes. that was, that was so, like I got chills from listening to some of that. I will argue though that, did wow. Obama make much of a change? Like, great, like, you know, to see an African-American man at the top. But, like, I feel like part Obama of the criticism of Obama was it was just, like, it was just status quo. Obama is so, so – people, so people are to Obama as as a Paul is to the magic. 
i.e. they just they just look at him and believe and they like imprint on him what they believe he is yeah yeah but that's you know that's every I mean? that's every politician right like you just you just see one good social media video they did and then just believe in them sorry paul i know you want to keep on going on bumba but just give me one more thought i just thought it was amazing I just, it makes me depressed every time i hear about obama not because he was that bad i mean in the scale of american presidents i mean he was an improvement on probably bush and clinton but um still like pretty dire and um it was interesting though when he got elected how happy i was i kept the newspapers and time magazines from when he was elected because i was like wow the world is changing america is changing there was so much hope and it's just amazing that america tricked us so well where they were like we've done it guys we've changed and for six years they vaguely kept that like you know charade up and then they were like nah we tricked you we're worse than you could ever imagine. We're stupider than you could ever believe. And it was just amazing how those people for six years just hid away or for eight years just planning. And it was just amazing how they came. They got us so good, man. They just came back like Jordan wearing the 4-5 with more stupidity than you've ever seen. And it was, you've got to take your hat off to the idiots, eh? Because they they um, punched me in the face and um, it's depressing to think about. Well, I thank God that what came back like 45 was democracy <laughs> riding on the shoulders of a, tr- of a great man, the sort of man who had the strength to question, you know, d- was he born in America, Obama? <laughs> because it's not a popular thing to say that, but, you know, that's what democracy is and should always be. So, I forgot about I, I'm that not one. I'm say that person's name because I don't want to get political, but there's you know, <laughs> one man that stood up. Good on you for not getting political, man. Good on you for asking the real questions. Good on you, JT. Sorry, Paul, you were just trying to do some wholesome chat about your favorite player, Mo Bamba, and we've just, no, we've actually, just made it political. But we just, no, I just this, want to say that, you know, like that election was stolen. Continue, continue. Did Mo Bamba um, write a letter to Donald Trump? Because otherwise he's not a patriot. Yeah, that's true. Does he write them to every president? <laughs> I'm not sure. There's no article about that. But um, this basically... Back when I, f- I feel like it was like a couple years ago, it was like closer back to when it was maybe before even Mobamba got drafted. Even there was a video of his brother, um, Ibrahim, and he was like sitting poolside at his like um housing apartment um apartment complex. Yeah, and um he was sitting poolside. I think it was in maybe in Texas or something. I can't remember where. Um, yeah, Fort Worth. That's Texas, right? Fort Worth, Texas. Yeah, sure. Okay. It's just outside of Dallas. Yes. And he um, he was basically doing a very long kind of Instagram live or some sort of live thing where basically he was telling a story about how he had um, he had been traveling around with Mo, Mo and or he'd gone to Mo and he'd said, I want to be your agent. I want to wow. I want to be your agent. I, I don't want to just be some hanger on who, um, you know, I want to actually work. Yeah. And Mo was like, oh, yeah, cool. And Mo had basically, um, when he was a young boy, oh, I, I wish I'd done more research and I'd known I was going to talk about this, but there was a guy called Gria Love, which sounds like a made-up name, but basically he'd known Mo since he was a little kid and it helped Mo. Like he'd started some sort of like, um, like I can't remember some sort of program, like to help young kids or something. And so he'd like kind of like 
helped um, Mo since he was young. And like Mo managed to like get um, this scholarship. I don't even know if it was basketball related or if it was just because he was smart to this like flash um, boarding school and get out of, um, you know, where he was. Um, but but, like, but like, like Paul, some... are you guessing whether Mo Bamba got his scholarship, a professional basketball player got his scholarship for academics or for basketball? I think, I think based got on it... that letter, I think passion would be like just <laughs> like, yes. I genuinely think I'd get a scholarship. And Paul, can I just say for the record, I know you said you didn't do much research, but this, I would hate to see what a lot of research on this story looks like. <laughs> I think this is like, I'm just telling you, this is probably a little too much. Re- you're just, right on the sweet spot. <laughs> just Paul, can I get, just to get it clear, what you're setting up here is there's two people here. Mm. There's this guy who's been helping Mo all the way and his brother who are going to be fighting over being his manager. Is that what you're saying? Well, kind of. Wait, here's a, so I'm on the Linux Partners, which is a, um, it's a, I don't know what really it is. Are you doing the research right now while live? On no, the but podcast? I've already done this. So Linux Partners, there's a photo of the um, Orlando skyline and Lake um, Eola. And yeah. it says Linux Partners. So Linux is one of the streets in Harlem where Mobamba grew up. And it says partnering with entrepreneurs to invest in long-term mission growth. And so who it is, if you go to the like who we are section, it's yeah. Mobamba, founder and chairman. And Gria Love, founder and managing partner. Wow, no Ibrahim. No, and here's the fun fact. After um, Gria Love, after amassing a 12-2 and record and an appearance in the tournament finals, one may think Gria was a decent coach. Turns out that three of the Locks Lions, which was like the team he coached, uh, little kids, have gone on to play high major Division I basketball football, including a guy who Coach Love famously cut from the first Locks Lions team. Some kid named Mo Bamba, who's now his business oh. partner. But here's the thing. So Gria Love, sorry, Ibrahim, his brother, in this live, he was basically alleging that he went to Mo and to Gria and said, I want to be Mo's agent. And they were kind of like, oh, don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah. Um, now, nah, man, you can like, you, you don't have to worry about that. You're like in the entourage, but like you don't have to be the agent. Yeah. And um. And he got really upset and kept persisting. And I think eventually Mo was like, oh, man, like, you're bad. You're bad for me. Oh, man. You've got to get out. This is dark. And so, what part so of this fact was fun? This is not fun facts time at all. This is sad story time. So give then, us a, Give us a little script, a script writing up for this. This is so a then, hell of a story. Well, so then Ibrahim um, was basically alleging them of um, breaching NCAA rules to get him to to become a Texas Longhorn, That's he claims that he was being given um, money and and gifts and stuff, and that Gria Love um, had had done this, and then Ibrahim was murdered. What? What? <laughs> How does that? What is that story? Oh the murder was unrelated. Um, you assume who? the well, way, Paul, the way you're telling the story, you sound like you're accusing Mo Bamba and Buddy the other Gria of doing it. I didn't really mean to make it sound like that. Yeah, well, that's but exactly what it, you did. It wasn't. It wasn't really reported on. Like it was only last year that the brother was murdered. And, it's horrific. And Mo lost missed a lot of time because of COVID. But part of me was like, I feel like it might have also been because his yeah. brother got murdered. Messy, yeah. yeah, of course. Your no, but like no one murdered. was reporting on it. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, there's so many interesting red flags about that. I'm glad you've done enough research on it. But like, my I thought the the end of that story was going to be Mo Bamba is now bankrupt because whether it be your childhood friend or your brother, almost every sad story from I think Tim Duncan got screwed over. Um, Dane C- Cook, the the legendary early 2000s meme comedian, he um his brother stole millions of dollars from him. Like really, uh, what happened uh, to Dane Cook? His brother stole money. Uh, he became a misogynist for a couple of years, and now but then he, he met a I young thought, woman. What he became one. I thought that was his like main thing. No, nah, no, nah, he became like re- he went to a real dark place and started competing with Dave Chappelle to do like four hour stand up sets and stuff like that. Oh he we really lost his mind. And then he um he came right. He met a woman and he seems sane now and kind of just like oh, a just, like I've a just got a, he I've he got met a, a woman. He previously had not met a woman and that's why he was so anti them. He was nah, very but, afraid. But one he thing I've noticed about well. what one thing I've noticed about misogyny is that um so many men who just have really negative sentiments to women have just been through a nasty breakup. Oh, it's wait. just such a What's, common thing. Wait, and then, it's not their name? fault. It's not their fault. <laughs> What's uh, his name? Dane Cook. I searched Dane Coles. But this, the, that's um, a rugby player from New Zealand. My point is, my point is, is that like every time people get there, um, Harry Kane right now is stuck in at Tottenham Hotspurs in the Premier League because um, his goddamn idiot brother is um, is his manager. Like it's just always a bad and, and mistake. So does he hate women now as well? Um, Paul, no, I don't know about Harry Kane's relationship with women. One thing on one thing that never fascinates me, just on the comedian's vibe for a second, um, present company excluded. Yeah, do you? Th- it's a problem specifically with like rich men. As soon as they turn fifty, you know, with surgeons, there's like an age limit. You can, even if you're like the best surgeon in the world, if you're seventy, you can't do surgery anymore. Like, it's yeah, too, yeah, it's but, too hard. Like, if you're so like, if you're a top ten worldwide Amer- grossing comedian, yeah, and you turn fifty, like that's it. Just like no microphone because you you mm. cannot resist trans jokes. Like there is just something about it. Like that's all you can do. They yeah. can't resist it. I'm sure they don't want to do it. Yeah. They're not like, before they get on stage, I'm sure that Chappelle has like really good like political commentary and he's like, I don't, okay, no matter what, just the one thing I can't do is trans jokes. And then he gets down there and he's just like, can't stop talking about like just yeah. random woman he hates. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because um, I definitely have that. Whenever I go on stage and go, hey, guy, don't talk about this thing, I always end up talking about it. Like it's just a, it's just a magic thing. It, it, that's in just personal relationships as well. But um, I've drawn a, la- a line um, in the past, and it's a, it's a, there's a few like um, mathematical formulas and graphs that I'm hoping to get painted. One I've talked about this podcast many times is obviously injury propensity, like um, somehow figuring out like games played over career, potential games played, and finding out a player's injury propensity. Like anyone who's acquired Kyrie Irving, besides him missing games for weird reasons, would also know that he has a bad injury propensity based on high school and university don't draft that player highly or if you do know the risk you're taking um and my other thing that i'm working on at the moment is a graph an inverse relationship between being good at comedy and being successful at comedy and they always go in the complete opposite way the more money that you make and look at every comedian you can put on this graph steve martin eddie murphy jerry seinfeld um there's a few like minor exceptions but those like maybe larry would say yeah, I was going to say Larry David is incredible. Larry David, yeah, 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 yeah. He's he's like the latest episode of Curb is one of the funniest episodes of TV I've seen for years, and he's okay. like hundred years old. Okay, okay, but um, it, it generally, uh, can I limit it then? Like, it really only applies to stand-up comedians, stand-up. And, and Larry David, he but was stand-up. Watch, yep. Should I watch Curb? 
Definitely. I've never uh, seen it. You haven't. Can I, can I come with a hot take there for you, JT? I think it's aged badly, and I couldn't watch the previous season to this, so I've loved it. So, yeah, so start at season one or two. Shaq features in an episode, like, yeah, watch I've it. Yeah, I've seen the clip of that. Um, the, the Shaq clip's actually pretty shit, to be honest, but I just wanted to put I feel a like reference. I've always there. felt like the fact I haven't seen Curb is, like, my biggest cultural blind spot. And speaking it's of not which, a good. It's not an important cultural artifact. Did you see um, Charles Barkley claim he's never sent an email? Yeah, <laughs> I love that claim. No, no, he didn't claim. He didn't claim he'd never sent an email. He said um, uh, he he only knows how to reply to emails, so he can respond, but he can't like draft yes. a, a new email. No, he's to never like yet. sent the first email. Yeah, yeah, but that makes Iconic. sense. I totally believe uh, it. He's quite old. I've got to go have dinner. Okay, okay, JT's got to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the podcast. Um, just before we go, can I, I just had a good a good take on Curb. Um, JT, do you, do you not think, though, that in 2021, just watching an old rich white man complain about his minor problems is now... Yeah, I found it sickening to no, watch the last season. Yeah, but Oscar Wilde was a de- well, Oscar Wilde was the equivalent to Larry David in the Victorian England. He was wow. a rich dandy. Yeah, no, it was true. He was a rich dandy. I mean, yeah, he was persecuted for being gay, but there wasn't like yeah. he he was equivalent to just complaining about his problems. And sure, those problems were a little more litigious in nature, but that's <laughs> that's just art, right? You shouldn't like. You, I still enjoy the art form. We not all going like there is a. I, I if he was like if it was a form of torture that we used to enjoy. Like, if it was witches being burned at the stake, I could understand why you wouldn't watch it. But it's still funny in isolation. Yeah, I, I, I've found it hard to watch for that reason, but everyone's raving about the new season, so maybe I'll dive in again. And it wasn't like... It's old curve problematic. I haven't gone back and watched no, it. No, 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 no. I was just saying, watching a show about this guy walk around and talk about his problems, and his problems are like checking out of a parking garage and stuff like that. It but, just but seems so... But life. Tight, like, what? I, like, we watch... We... Um, when talking the other day, like we've had these two years of um, sort of like this increase in racial awareness and you feel like things are going the right direction. Then you watch any movies and TV shows and it's all white people still. Like there's no people of color in anything. Oh, no, well, there's this, this slow progress, you know, like. Well, like um, that shitty Iron Man, whatever, <laughs> whatever his name is. You, know, you mean Black Panther? Wait, Black you can't Panther? call Black no, Panther shitty no, Iron no, Man, bro. He's a Black cultural Panther. touchstone. <laughs> Not Black Panther. I haven't watched Marvel. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, not Black Panther. The guy that's like a shitty version of um, Iron Man. He's like Iron Man's suit. It's Don Cheadle. Oh, Don Cheadle in Iron Man. Yeah. Not that he's shitty. The costume's shitty. Sounds like you're um, racially attacking Don Cheadle. But um, now there is more films being made by black directors, but you're right. Like the majority of mainstream shit is but, still not. There's still but, but so with, far to go. But with comedians, like especially rich comedians, regardless of background, it seems like there's a combination of what happens to all rich, successful men where they just assume they're right about everything. And then also this like, and once you turn yeah. up 50, there's just like this incredible passion to just like comment on everything yeah. that you like don't understand. But, I, but I, I, I'm i like that. Are we not like that doing this podcast? Like that's what I'm like now. Mm. So it's like in, in 50 years time, I'll be the same and I'll be, I don't know what I'll be complaining about, but um, I I'll be back in my day where I meet. fully understand. Um, sorry, JT, you do have to go to dinner, but that was a riveting yeah. bloody conversation. Maybe JT, you, um, Paul, is there anything else you want to say, like, just to take us home? Like, JT can log off and me and Paul can um, just, uh, just... i got nothing else to say, really. Oh, that's the oh. end then. Um, farewell. JT, enjoy your dinner. Thanks so much for listening to um, Advanced Analytics. It's the best podcast for all disgusting chat, um, deep chat, basketball chat, 
Um, please recommend it and to your friend. Oh, I'm so embarrassing even trying that, but please recommend it. My name's been Guy Williams. I've been joined by my brother, Paul Williams. I don't do that. And JT. I've always done it, always will do it. And um, I noticed about, it was probably about 15 minutes in that um, Pleasant Paul slipped <laughs> to regular Paul. I got it. So anyway, I've always done it, always will do it. Don't put your hand up or down any toilets would be all I'd say. <laughs> Farewell. Goodbye. Uh, I love you all. Thanks.